Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Boy, God is good. Amen. Oh, vacation is awesome and wonderful, but boy, we miss our family here, you know. So we were all uh, sitting in the motorhome. Our whole family watching uh, last week's service was powerful. We just love Samuel Robinson. Uh, we've known him since teenage. He was a teenager and uh, just really appreciate what he carries and look forward to him speaking as well at Voice of Thunder coming up. Uh, super excited about it. Uh, a few words came to me, and I'm going to just share them quickly and then uh, try to get through uh, what, what uh, the Lord's laid in my heart today. Uh, different ways to live life. Live life with an attitude of defeat or live life with an attitude of victory. I think in these times, it's been easy to focus on a defeated mentality than a victorious mentality. I'll tell you, the, the whole COVID pandemic or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, the vaccine, all these things, it, it, is, it is very easy to watch social media and fall into a defeated attitude. I want to encourage you, it's absolutely anti-Christ to live with a defeated attitude. And so if our attitude becomes defeated, then we need more Christ. We need more Jesus in us. I also wrote down, live life with an attitude of fight, war, or an attitude of love and peace. Jesus came with a two-edged sword to divide good and evil, absolutely. But he didn't come, be careful how I say this, he didn't come to change the governments of the world. He came to find followers that would change the world. I truly believe if we expect our government to change Canada, you're, you're not only living with a political spirit, but you're also living with an attitude of defeat, thinking somebody else is going to get the job done that you and I are called to do. I want to say this cautiously because people are called with vision and purpose to rise up and become the next prime minister. I've been praying into people's lives that are God-given, godly people to rise up and become our leaders of this nation. But nowhere in Scripture are we allowed to condemn, slander, backstab the people that God has appointed over us. And I know that could be controversial in some people's eyes, but let's just go with the Bible and not be controversial amongst men and women. But let's just read this book and see what it has to say about a statement like that. You see, loving someone does not mean you're in agreement with them. Christian love does not mean you're in agreement with sin in their life. For God so loved just his bride. No. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, you just have to believe in him. You don't even have to make the right decisions. You don't even have to be the right political party. You don't even have to be vaccinated or not vaccinated. 
I tell you what, if our Christian churches allow vaccinated people or unvaccinated people to create separation in the body, there is a problem, there is a lack of faith, and there is a lack of Jesus in it. You want to get vaccinated? Get vaccinated. It won't change how I look at you. You don't want to get vaccinated? Don't get vaccinated. It won't change how I look at you. And I guarantee you that if you believe the vaccine is poison, by no means will it hurt you. If you truly believe and walk in the Word of God, no poison, no sickness, no sin, no death is to defeat us. So quit living defeated. I church, rise up, please, oh church. I am watching the greatest separation I have ever seen in all of my life between the churches. All over politics. Are you kidding me? Jesus didn't come into the world for politics. If the political climate or policies change your perspectives of God and other believers, then you have a political spirit. If you need to get on and slander, especially on social media, you shouldn't be slandering anyone on social media. Oh, yeah, that's our Christian right. Really, just try to show me in Scripture where it says that you have the right to slander anybody. Please, please. A political spirit will always lead to disunity. A political spirit will lead you to slander and speak about people through lenses of dishonor. You know what? I really, really don't agree with a lot of the politics. I don't agree with my prime minister on many things right now. But I have no right to slander him. I honor and respect that he is my prime minister. I'm not saying I don't pray for change. Oh, I do. But you know my greatest change is not him out of the office. My greatest change is that he has a revelational encounter with Jesus Christ. And if he doesn't, please get out of the office. I'm just kidding. No. Some of us need to learn to not always fight, but learn to live in victory and use everything that is happening to promote the love and salvation of Jesus Christ. We are in the greatest opportunity right now to love people that are unlovable. But you see, they're not unlovable. Not in the eyes of Christ. I love my prime minister. That is really hard for me to say. I love him as a believer, as a Christian, and I pray that I will love him right into salvation. Again, I do not agree with policies. But as a believer, I am commanded to love one another as Christ has loved me. And that is hard. He's, I'm a hunter, I have guns. 
I have considered what one bullet could do. I'm just kidding. No. No. No, to kill the moose. But I do not have the right to hate him or slander him. Matter of fact, his decisions break my heart. His family life breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. And it should drive us to pray even more for the earnest prayers of the saints are heard by God. So what do you do? Lead or follow? I'm going to start my message. Lead or follow? With all the craziness that's going on, something's been really resonating in my heart. And I've been processing it even through vacation season. I was processing it, but those words, follow me, have been driving in me for the last few months. Follow me. Jesus says, not you follow me. Are you kidding? That'd be ridiculous. But God says, follow me. And I've been processing this and weighing it out. And I went into a deep vision. Because follow me sounds so passive. I'm like a fighter. (laughs) I'm kind of that type A driven personality, people tell me anyways. I don't know. And I have no problem, especially back in my youthful years, to have a fight. It didn't bother me at all. Matter of fact, I looked for some. I'm like a survivalist. I... Yeah, you can take my guns over my dead body. That's my attitudes. It seems so passive, but yet it's interesting that it's one of the greatest things the Lord said. (laughs) Come follow me. And I truly believe when he looked at that ragtag group of fishermen, if he thought politically, he'd say, you are the losers of all that I would never, ever want to be my disciples or apostles. No, he didn't look at it through political spirit. He looked at it through the Spirit. And that's a big difference. You see, I can get out there today, and I can get into my car with my wife, and I can actually go drive. I can still go sit in a restaurant. (laughs) But then I think of the people in Afghanistan and China and other Islamic nations that have nooses around their neck. And they're smiling and singing and praising God. I want to tell you something. You and I need to just wake up and smell the roses that we've actually got a pretty good nation here. It's going a little bit down the tubes. But either way, God chose you to live in this country for a reason and a purpose. Do you believe that God has the care and the guidance over all the creatures of this earth? Do you believe God is directing the universe and the affairs of mankind? 
I want to ask you again, do you believe that God is directing the universe and the affairs of mankind? Do we actually believe that God is doing something today? Do you believe that he has a plan and a purpose for you and me? Whether you're vaccinated or not, whether you believe COVID is a pandemic or a pandemic, and the next one that comes along, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one, all of history, there's been lies told to us, there's been viruses that have come out. It's not new. I think we're losing freedoms, yes. New for us, but not new for Afghanistan, China, other countries of the world. So I saw this vision just a little bit ago. And this angel, powerful commander angel, and he was walking along, and I've seen this in visions before, the same one, eyes of fire. And I see people in front of him, down on their knees, praying. And he's walking this direction, and some people are praying in that direction, some are praying this direction, some are praying this direction, and they're all on their knees praying. And he walked around them, walked past them. And then I saw some people, they were like fighting. But it was like shadow boxing, if you know what that term means. They're fighting, but no one's there. No one of importance, but they're fighting. And they're fighting and they're facing different directions, doing different things. And as this angel walks towards them, it's kind of like he kind of just, them out of the way. And then I saw some people standing in front of him, like literally yapping at him. What are you doing? That's my way. I know what I'm doing. What are you doing? And it's like he pushes them out of the way. And then I stood in front of him. And I saw his eyes. And I got out of the way. I moved aside. I don't know if he walked three steps and he stopped. What are you doing? Follow me. And he walked. I don't know if he audibly said follow me or if I just felt I needed to follow him. I don't know how that all went down. I've been pondering it for quite some time now, messing me up. And Lord, I am following you. And as I processed and pondered this, I realized the vision showed me that sometimes we just pray too much. <laughs> we pray, 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 but we don't do nothing. Please hear my heart. I'm a believer in prayer. But I am not a believer in praying and doing nothing. I believe if you feel that you're called to pray in something, 
then you're also called to be the one to get it done. Many people pray in the right direction and it's all good. We're in the wrong direction. But we need to also get up and become the prayer that we're praying. Oh God, raise up a leader. Maybe it's you for crying out loud. The vision showed me that some people were fighting a battle that they were not called to fight. They were fighting a battle that physically or spiritually that they seriously thought they were supposed to fight, but it had zero importance and was not even seen in the vision. And sometimes we just feel like God is calling us, fight this battle, fight this battle, fight this battle. But you know what? Jesus Christ, the new covenant, did not declare, fight the battle, go to war, go to war, fight the battle, fight the battle, go to No. I do not want to live Old Testament, Old Covenant, in a new covenant theology. Joshua 5, verse 13 to 15. Joshua 5, starting in verse 13. This is Joshua when the commander of the army of the Lord stood in front of him. Verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Now, the Israelites weren't in a super good place at this point in time. Matter of fact, they were pretty much getting ready. They were in war, but they're pretty much getting ready for war. They're pretty much prepared that everyone around them hated them. The governments of the day hated them. The governments wanted to kill them. The governments wanted to destroy them. The governments wanted them to leave their God and follow their own gods. Boy, I'm glad that doesn't sound like today. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. Now, maybe this is the angel I saw. I, I don't know. But I immediately thought of that scripture when I came out of the vision. So you imagine, here's Joshua standing here probably contemplating what my battle is. And an angel appears before him, literally standing at him as if possibly in opposition. He stands, Joshua's here, angel's here, facing each other. That's what most theologians would interpret from the text. That's why Joshua went up to him and asked him a pretty important question. So when Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversaries or against us in some translations? Are you for us? Because <laughs> I sure hope so. Because <laughs> if you aren't, I don't stand a chance. And so Joshua, are you for us or against us? And what does the angel say? No. No. Or in some translations, neither. 
But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. I believe in that vision I had. I could have asked that angel, are you for us or against us? And he probably would say, neither. Because my purpose is not dictated by you. My purpose is not dictated by your government. My purpose is not dictated by a virus. My purpose is not dictated by an injection. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his covenant? I want to tell you what, some of us need to quit warring, not worrying. Worrying leads to warring. Warring leads to worrying. You worry too much, you'll be at war with yourself and the people around you. And you will not understand your identity because identity, understanding, does not worry. But I believe the angel of the Lord is saying, neither. I'm not for you or against you. I have come for a purpose. Because really, God has a plan. Even in Afghanistan right now. I don't understand it. But you see, his plan wasn't created for my knowledge. That if I don't understand it, it doesn't work. No, are you kidding me? Then you've put God below you and below your understanding and below your mind. And I want to tell you what, don't do that. It does not work. Believe me, I told God where I didn't want to go, and where did I go? Onto the mission field. I said, oh God, I'm willing to serve in the church, just do not want to be in full-time ministry. (laughs) See, if you and I understood everything, then you'd be God. And if you're God, I'm choosing another religion. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he worshipped and said to this angel, the commander of the army of the Lord, many theologians would say it is the pre-incarnated Christ. And then verse 15, then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, it's interesting. It's like Moses looking at the burning bush. He didn't realize he was on holy ground. It wasn't until he lost his understanding. Or like the mind of God, the mind of Christ. Same here with Joshua. Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot. For the place where you stand is holy. I want to say right now, That when Moses drew near to the burning bush to see this great sight, 
his hunger and his desire released an anointing, released a fire, a power that turned the ground holy where he stood. I truly believe that if he had walked right on past and ignored the burning bush, ignored the supernatural encounter, that he would have never known that he actually walked on holy ground. I choose to say here today as well that Joshua did not know he was standing on holy ground. He was on that ground before the angel showed up. It wasn't until he had a revelation that this is an angel of the Lord. This is a commander of the Lord's army. And I truly believe his understanding changed in such a way the ground became holy around him. As I do believe that your understanding of the political times will decipher the holiness of the ground you stand on or not. Because if you're just so fed up, angry, bitter, have a hatred towards a government, towards an elected official then you have chosen to put shoes on and not stand on holy ground because you and I are not called as believers as Christians to have a spirit of hatred the only hatred that I believe you can have as a believer is a hatred against sin but never against the sinner We are in a Kairos moment, an opportune time. I will guarantee you not any one of us have ever experienced what we are experiencing today and what we will experience tomorrow. We have been chosen by the Almighty God to appoint you and to appoint me into this season and this time frame for a purpose that is beyond your understanding, it's beyond my understanding. I do not understand why we're losing the rights that we're losing, but I know one thing. No man or woman is my savior. And no man or woman is the savior of this nation. It doesn't matter who's in the government on whether or not your destiny is to change this country. Hear me, please. Of course our government is important. But if we let a bad government take you out, me out, or the church out? You think that if we're not allowed to gather in a building that the church ends? That shows the stupidity of some of these laws. Are you kidding me? I've gone into countries where it's underground. They smuggled me into a building at nine o'clock at night. All blocked out windows four five hundred people knowing that they're risking their life or imprisonment if we got caught are you kidding me that if these doors of this physical building had to shut that this church ends are you kidding me it'll fire me up even more And maybe that's part of the plan. That through these difficult seasons is to actually fire up the bride. Because most countries that are not allowed to preach the gospel or pray to God 
have the most fired up churches I have ever seen in my life. And then we come to Canada and America, <laughs> fighting over the pew, offended that somebody would sit in our chair. Oh. Please hear my hearts. We are not called to divide and disunify in these seasons. And it breaks my heart to see a pastor speaks poorly about another pastor. Just because a policy of one church is different than the other. I tell you what, it is not our responsibilities of ministers of the gospel and preachers of the word and Christians to disassociate because one church is pro-vaccine and one church isn't. Are you kidding me? Where's your salvation? This building, we're reg registered and we voluntarily kept it in as a rescue center in the time of a disaster. <laughs> and so when the hotels or something have burned down and earthquake hits and this building is standing because you know what, it will. The police and the ambulance send the people to our front doors. And can you imagine if I stood out there and said, you know what, you're vaccinated, stay out. Are you kidding me? Oh, you're a drug addict, we don't want you in here. Anyone that wants to just get out of here, go now. Because I will tell you and I will guarantee to you as long as I have breath in my lungs I will preach the word of God and if it hurts us it hurts you I'm not sorry I'm not sorry for the word I'm sorry the truth is hurting you but I will tell you one thing if you're hurt by truth the word and you can say well that's your interpretation of the word that's right that's what theology is. But if it hurts you, I encourage you, seek out in your hearts because truth sets us free. It doesn't put us into bondage. It sets us free. That's why I can walk out those doors no matter what the laws are in this nation, I am free. I am free. I'll leave it at that. Because what I'm talking about is free will versus sovereignty. Maybe next time I preach, we'll, we'll continue on. But I want to encourage you. The angel that stands before us, the Lord himself, the commander of the greatest military army anyone has ever seen, 
is not going to lose the battle because you want to fight. No. They actually already know that they've won the war. And I want to encourage you. Don't let the enemy beat you up. Instead, stand tall and stand proud because we're losing. I want to say some of our pride, but that's another old story. (laughs) When you make sin a culture, there's a problem. You make sin an identity, there's a real big problem. I'm talking about being proud to be a Christian. I am proud to be a Christian. And if there's a noose around my neck, I will still be proud to be a believer, a son adopted into the family of God. See, proud and pride are two different things. Why don't we just stand up and be who we're called to be instead of worrying about everyone else's call? Because if we do that, we will see the greatest victories first in you, in your family, and in your nation. I put my trust in him. I'm not in my wife. But if there's someone I trust the most on this earth, it is my wife. But my trust, spiritual trust, my identity is in him. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I was sitting there and the Lord just came. This is an alignment message. It's so key. If you didn't get it, watch it again. Because the church is in an hour. Like Brent said, a Kairos moment. You don't want to miss it. And the only way you're going to miss it, like Brent was preaching, is if you get sidetracked with that political spirit, with the things of this world. Like Brent said, he's called us to follow him. He's called us to follow him. I'm not going to start preaching. We're ending here. So, um, We have an incredible ministry team. You know what? We have an incredible family. And just let you know, if you're, if you're new in this house, that's how we talk, and you're going to continue hearing that. We are family, and we're, we're for each other. You're not alone. And I want to say welcome home. Welcome home. That's just our language here. Why? Because we actually believe it. We're together. And if you're feeling alone, talk to us. Get a hold of us. We've got amazing life groups. Because it's not just the fix. Life group isn't a fix. It just helps us get into community. It gets you together. And again, another plug. Come on the next this Wednesday. We're starting the school. Because a lot of what Brent's talking about, if you're, if you're saying, well, I'm struggling with some of that, this school will help you because we're going to push us into him, to follow him. Our identity's in him. Come on. We talk a lot about these core values because once you know who you are, we want to look through the eyes of the Lord and see the world with the Lord's eyes. So that's what you're going to, and yes, you're going to move, we're going to prophesy, we're going to see miracles, we're going to equip you. But more importantly, 
we're just going to really help you get aligned with who you are in Christ. So, I'm just going to pray over you guys as we release you guys. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this incredible body. I thank you, Lord, that you are stirring us up. Lord, I thank you that you're releasing grace upon your people to rise up in this hour. Like Brent said, to stand up today, to know who you are, to be who you're called to be, Lord, because you are doing a great work. You're doing amazing things, and you delight in using your children. And the fun things, I just feel the Lord says, you, when you follow him, you just get to walk behind him and follow and do what he does. And it's fun. So, I, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, we release these, these, this, this body out into the world. Why? Because that was preached today. You love the world. And so I pray right now that you commission them, a sense of commissioning, to go forth to release your kingdom wherever they go, that they would see your hand move on their behalf, so that you would, they would see and rise up in faith, just like the disciples prayed for boldness. I pray upon your people today, your boldness to be upon us today, to go forth in victory, not as victims, but in power today, because we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and I say, if you want a, a fresh touch, come up here, there's a ministry team, because we believe that we carry the Holy Spirit, and we want you to know, you're not going alone. You're going out with power and might. So be blessed in Jesus' name. And thank you all those who are watching on Windward TV. You guys, take this too. Go for it. In Jesus' name, amen.